You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. So we've talked about this season about how choices are difficult. They're all around us. They're prevalent. And we've talked about how to discern the difference between what is my choice, my responsibility to make, and what isn't. What we want to talk about in this episode is one of the coping strategies we use in the midst of that complexity of choice making, and that is to just try to avoid a choice altogether. And so when we talk about avoiding choices, there are three different things that we that we mean. The first manifestation of avoidance is just simple indecisiveness. Now, there's a time and place for this. It can be good. It can be bad. And we'll talk through some of that in the next couple of episodes. But that's the first kind of avoidance is just indecisiveness. The second kind is denial, which works in a couple of different ways. We refuse to acknowledge that there's a choice to be made. We either focus on a a different choice that's maybe something easier, something we're more comfortable with. We try to pass off our choice to somebody else, or we focus on a superficial choice rather than a really important choice. And the third kind is just a flat-out refusal. Like, I know there's a decision I got to make. I know it's hard, and I'm not indecisive in terms of just buying some time. I just don't want to make this choice, and I'm going to run away from it. And so we'll talk about these kind of interchangeably, but the point of this episode is to just talk about the reality of avoiding choices, why we do it. And what are some of the things we can do to help us feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more sure, a little bit more courageous about the decision-making process? One of the first things that I think is really important to acknowledge is that it's actually impossible to avoid making a choice. Even when we are avoiding choices, we are making an active choice not to choose, which in and of itself is a choice. So this whole entire episode or next couple of episodes is actually based upon a lie, the lie that we can actually avoid the choices that are in front of us, um, when really what we're doing is we're just creating a third option, which is not to choose at all. Right. If there's like a choice between A and B and I don't really like them, I can kind of trick my brain into thinking like, all right, I'm just not going to choose between A and B. But as Kylie's saying, what I'm doing is I'm choosing C, which is still a choice. It's an active choice. And there is really just no such thing as avoiding choices. Kylie was just before we started to press record for this episode, asked me if I was ready. And I didn't really say yes. I didn't really say no. I was I was thinking about whether or not I was ready and didn't give her either answer. And there's a part of me that just was like not really wanting to admit that I wasn't ready, but also not quite ready to say that I was ready. And so there's a part of my brain that's like, oh, I'm just not going to make that choice right now. But in not making that choice, my tepid silence is a choice. It's communicating to Kylie, no, I'm not ready. And also, I'm not going to answer your question. And those are two choices that I'm making. So even when we kind of trick ourselves to thinking we are avoiding a choice, one of the keys to overcoming that is to realize that that whole perspective is a house of cards. You are making choices whether you like it or not. And avoiding a choice is actually an active choice that we make. And so 
if we if our choices are inevitable, then instead of trying to hide from them, how can we step into them and be intentional about making the best choice possible with courage? So the second lie um, that we encounter in regards to choices coming up to us and us having to uh, decide which one uh, or which of the five uh, we want to make is that we just don't have enough information. Uh, We're not certain about any of them. And what happens is um, we start our investigating uh, in order to make sure we have every bit of information possible to assure ourselves that um, with certainty we are making the right choice um, or the best choice possible. Yeah, I'm really prone to this. As somebody who is kind of an investigator at heart, I, I like learning, I like gathering knowledge. And so I can be a bit crippled in decision making because I just feel uncertain. I don't know for sure if this is the right choice or not. So what we're not saying here is that gathering information doesn't matter. What we're saying here is that we have to do a better job at discerning what is the proper amount of information and what is the proper amount of uncertainty. And so this kind of second lie that we're talking about here is the idea that I need to be sure. And we did a whole episode of this in episode five. We talked about certainty and how it plays into this. So we won't spend a lot of time on this one here. But we've got to be able to to discern as best as we possibly can if needing more information is a temporary act of indecisiveness or if it's a form of denial, a form of us avoiding the real choice that's at stake and refusing to make it. Or if we really do need more information uh, and after we've done our fact-finding and our gathering, we're better equipped to make the choice that is in front of us um, the best that we possibly can. I think that it is important um, to show up and have um, at least a good amount of information and facts in front of us in order to be able to make sure we're uh, discerning wisely what the best path forward is. Um, The problem is when we become crippled um, by our um, uncertainty uh, and we just continue to dive into the black hole that is um, gathering information um, in order to avoid or refuse making the choice in front of us. One of the things we talk a lot about in The Crossroad is the importance of vision and how it's a, a driving factor and a driving motivator. And alongside that, the importance of structure. So if you have your vision as kind of the main uh, pilot of the structure of your decision-making perspective, then it is gonna, it's going to lead you to gather information towards that end. Hmm. Now, if you have avoiding pain as the main pilot in your decision-making process, or if you have being absolutely certain as the pilot in your decision-making process then you're going to gather information towards that end. And that can derail us. That is a thing that can lead to not only more avoidance of decisions, but sometimes just improper decisions altogether. And I think one of the reasons that we do this is because of fear. Um, We're so scared of the consequences of a bad decision or a poor decision or a 
uh, a decision that isn't well informed by or backed up by research, um, that we want to uh, avoid the consequence. Um, And at the end of the day, what is really important to understand is that we can never have full certainty and that making choices is always uh, going to come at a risk. Um, It's always going to cost us something. And I think the fear is is a motivator in all three of the manifestations of avoiding choices that I mentioned up front. But it becomes the real driver during the third of those, the re- just the absolute refusal to make choices. Because I think what you're saying is right, Kai, that we are so afraid that we just refuse to engage with it. We are so concerned with how this might play out that we just don't want to step into that reality or those possible realities that that we've imagined for ourselves. And so we just, it's like uh, we just refuse to play the game. It's like a kid who just uh, is afraid he's going to get picked last at the basketball court. So he just walks home. He just, I'm just out of here. And I think the problem with that in, in so many of our lives is that the, to stretch the metaphor, that is really us just stepping off of the court of life and and trying to just not play the game and and what that does is it disqualifies us from being intentional about the life that we're living and to make choices towards the ends that we are hoping for towards our our true deep desires and you know this is where the metaphor breaks down but the truth is like we said at the beginning here you can't just like take your ball and go home you are a person in this world your decisions are a part of the game of life and so um there is no true sense of avoidance but we try to do that because we're so afraid of making choices that reveal our heart's desire um, like Kylie said, choices are a risk. It's an act of vulnerability. And when we make a choice, we don't know how things are going to work out. And that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So what happens if you just don't care about the options that are in front of you? What if it's a meh choice versus a meh choice or a good choice versus a good choice? What if um, either decision you make is... Um, is going to have some sort of equal effect on you as far as you can tell by looking at it? Well, I think the first thing is that you really have to do some self-assessment to ask yourself how true that statement is. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times somebody will make a couple of suggestions for dinner, right? Thai, uh, Thai food or pizza. And we say, oh, I just, I really don't care. And then someone in the group is like, okay, great. Then how about pizza? And you're like, well, I had pizza for, so I had pizza for lunch. So, you know, sometimes we care more than we even realize that we do. Um, my, my parents used to do this with me, my dad, where if there was a difficult decision to be made um, and I was just jumping back and forth and wasn't sure, my dad would basically be like, all right, let's flip, just flip a coin. Uh, just flip a coin. Heads is this one, tails is the other one. And then we would flip a coin and it would land on one or the other. And the first time that he did this, what he was looking for is not the decisiveness of the coin. What he was looking for was my countenance in response to what happened. 
So if, for example, it was heads and I kind of threw a, a bit of a fit and was like, oh, maybe we should do another flip. I'm on, you know, then maybe that was an indication that tails is really the better choice. And on the other hand, if it was heads and I was like, OK, great, that's a good then maybe I really didn't care or maybe that really was the best option. And so one of the things is we're so good at self-deception that we have to ask ourselves, like, how truly indifferent are we? Is our indecisiveness truly because of a lack of value invested in this thing? Or is it because of lack of a fear of being exposed, even in the in the smallest of of things? So I think that's a, a place to start. And and uh, so, Kylie, you, you probably have some more thoughts about this, but I think the, the place to start would be to really force yourself, allow yourself to be honest with your own perspective. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that um, another way that we can discern between a good choice and a good choice or a okay choice and an okay choice is um, by recognizing why we would make either of those choices. Um, for example, my birthday was not that long ago, and we decided to have a picnic in the park and invite all our friends and um, and order out and you know have some good food there for everybody to eat. Um, my personal preference is not pizza. Um, my personal preference is Thai food or something like that. Something that is just, well, this isn't fair. I was going to say something that is full of flavor and <laughs> you're going to get reactions. Yeah. Um, but I, pizza is not my first preference. Um, but considering that I'm not the only person involved, um, a good choice would be Thai food, but a good choice is also to order pizza and consider the fact that we're going to have 10 or 15 other people there. Um, it's going to be easier. Um, there are going to be children. We don't need to take utensils and forks and plates and all that stuff. And so um, it's sort of weighing between what choice is in benefit of me and my vision and what I want and what choice in front of me is going to benefit us and the community around me and the bigger vision of what is going on, um, which is celebration and connection, um, not just it's my birthday and I want to have what I want to have and I can because it's my birthday. First of all, for you pizza-loving listeners, uh, you can go to thecrossroad.net and um, go to the contact section and send us any emails, angry emails you have about Kylie's <laughs> blasphemous thoughts about uh, the lack of flavor in pizza. Joey would eat pizza two <laughs> plus times a week if if I let him. I, I do eat pizza probably two plus times a week. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that th another thing to say here is that there there are so many choices out there that not all of them are hills for you to die on. Mm. So if you encounter a choice that doesn't mean that much to you, then, as Kylie's saying, defer to your group, uh, which is a choice, by the way, um, or just make a choice. One of the things I learned early in our marriage is like when we do the whole, what, what do we want for dinner? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, even if I really don't care, uh, it, I can serve our marriage and my wife by just being decisive and saying like, all right, let's have this. Uh, just some, just somebody make a decision. So I think that's one thing. If you're, if you don't care about something that much, you still have to make choices about them because here's the thing. As soon as you make one choice, uh, you know, a dozen other pop up that are available to you. 
And sometimes those choices reveal more to you. So if I say, I don't care what we have for dinner, I have to like kind of own the responsibility and the consequences of that choice. Because if people start talking about something I really don't like, then I have to, I have to decide uh, how to respond to that. Right. And responding to that, going back on my initial choice um, could be something that's kind of more fearful for me. And so then I'm stuck sweating with like, how do I tell people after I just told them I don't care that I actually really hate the option that they're presenting? Um, so I think part of this is if you really don't care, uh, if you're if this really isn't a value to you in and of itself, then make a choice, make the best choice that you can and move on to to the next one that's in front of you. Joey and I have been talking a lot lately about um, the stories we tell ourselves or the different choices, the different questions that we bring to mind when we are faced with a difficult choice, uh, when we're faced with uh, something in front of us that actually really matters, but it's going to take a lot of energy for us to um, sort of come to the conclusion of what is best. And um, Joey just finished reading this book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel, Daniel Kahneman. Um, and one of the things that Kahneman says in the book um, is that sometimes when we are presented with an option or a question or a choice um, and it is a difficult one, what our what our mind actually tends to do is we tend to ask ourselves an easier question. We tend to um, place in front of us an easier choice so that we can just get over get it over with and make a decision. But what happens is we are making our decisions, we are making our choices, we are answering the questions, not based on the thing that is actually in front of us, but something else that we've made up in our head. So we need to have um, the ability, we need to be intentional about self-assessing and making sure that we are actually making a decision or a choice based on what is in front of us. And we are not supplementing that with a different question just to make things easier for ourselves. We as humans do not like being uncomfortable or doing hard things. Um, and so we tend to create easier pathways for ourselves in order to um, just get out of what is difficult in front of us um, and continue moving down the path. But what happens when we do that is we end up off track. Um, we end up straying from the actual path that is going to take us to our there, where we want to go. And so we need to be intentional about making sure we're asking ourselves the question, is this important to me? Is this valuable to me? Is this actually taking me where I want to go? And am I answering the question that is in front of me? Or am I creating some other narrative in order to avoid making a difficult choice? You know, Kylie, one of the things I'm thinking about as you're talking about this idea of self-assessment, self-awareness is our values and what matters to us can really show up in a lot of different ways. And so what I'm thinking is if you really don't care, then that should lead towards more decisive decision making. If you if it really doesn't matter to you whether we do Thai food or pizza, 
you should be able to, to make a decision that should actually free you up. That shouldn't be an obstacle. That should be um, something that, that pushes you towards decisiveness because nothing's really on the line. So I wonder if sometimes I don't really care about Thai food. I don't really care about pizza, but I care about whether or not my friends reject my idea. So now all of a sudden, it's not the surface level decision that's really at stake. It's something deeper that is connected to something I value that I do care a lot about. So I would maybe argue that if you really don't care, if it really doesn't matter to you at all, um, then that should free up your decision making and you should be able to make either choice and, and feel fine with it. So if you not only that, but you should be able to make a choice and have somebody reject it and say, I don't like that choice at all. I want this. And you'd be OK with that, too. Yeah. but So I, I guess part of what I'm saying is that we've got to be aware of the layers of choice that are in front of us. And most of the time, the choice that we're making is not the choice that we think that we're making. Mm -hmm. And so as Kylie's talking about from Thinking Fast and Slow, I'm not really deciding if I'm going to speak up for pizza or for Thai food, what I'm deciding is, am I going to expose my opinion to the possible criticism of my friends? That's the decision that I make. If I'm in a Bible study and I have thoughts about a particular passage, I'm not thinking about what to say. I have a good idea of what to say. This is me, generally speaking. What I'm deciding is whether or not I'm willing to put it out there in front of people and so we've got to maybe, um, you know, I talked about denial as one of these manifestations. What we've got to do is try to limit that denial by self-assessment, self-awareness to know what is the real choice that's at stake? What is the real choice that is being made? Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that we attempt to avoid making choices is because of fear. Um, because we're scared of failure. We're scared of rejection. Um, and what Joey says is absolutely right. What we end up doing is basing our choices or our avoidance of choices upon a choice that is not really in front of us, but is deeply ingrained within us, um, that is actually feeding into, um, and protecting ourselves, um, from future failures and from future rejections. Um, and so, we what we need to do is um, we need to recognize that there are three things that we can control. Uh, we can control our choices. We can control our perspective and how we think about the world. And we can control who we trust. And so if we are in a room with people that we trust, that we care about, we have to acknowledge, I trust these people. I trust that these people know um I trust that these people care about me um, and I am going to expose myself. I'm going to expose um, what is in my heart, what is inside of me, um, and allow myself to be vulnerable in front of them and allow them to actually know me by making choices that might not necessarily agree with the choices that everybody else is making. Um but you're doing it in order to be known and to know other people, to be participating in meaningful community together with one another. Um, in order to do that, we have to get over our fear. Um, our fear of failure, our fear of rejection um, is 
actually keeping us from making meaningful choices and participating in community in a meaningful way. Kylie mentioned before a couple of the different lies that we believe around um, choices and the in the process of making choices. And a, a, another one of those lies that she's alluding to right now is the lie of failure being definitive. So the lie that says, if I get this choice wrong, I am ruined. So we talk to college students a lot of times who are avoiding the choice of which job to accept. They got it. They got accepted into um, maybe it's the same job, but one of them's in New York and one of them's in Ohio. And they've got to decide between the two. And they're so afraid that they're going to make the wrong choice and that that's going to lead them down the wrong path and that they're just going to snowball into this, um, you know, complete life of failure because they, they made a miscue coming out of college. And I would say this. Our character is less about the actual choices that we make and more about the process by which we make our choices. And so one of the things that causes us to avoid decision making is that we are afraid that each decision is definitive, particularly if each one ends in an unforeseen outcome that's negative that we don't expect, then that's going to be definitive. It's going to say something about who I am as a person. You can't control the outcomes of your choices. You can't control the consequences of your choices, but you can control the choice that you make. And we've got to be able to, in our hearts, minds, souls, separate those two things and realize that those are not one entity. Those are two things working together. You have to, with courage, boldness, wisdom, make the best choice that's available to you. But you're not ultimately responsible for whether or not the company you're working for in Ohio ends up being crazy and and, and it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out, there is going to be another choice and another chance for you to steward your character in another arena. And so this fear that Kylie is talking about um, is this huge thing that eats away at our souls And what we do when we're trying to make decisions or we're trying to avoid making decisions is we bottle all of that fear into this into this one little choice that's right in front of us. And the whole hinge of our identity turns on our ability to perfect the choice that's in front of us. And that's just not true. Life is more complicated than that. It's more complex than that. Uh, And so, as Kylie's saying, we have to be able to step into our decision making with courage, knowing that our identity is not on the line, at least not in the way that we think it is. The outcome that our decisions lead to is not the thing that determines our identity. What determines our identity is the perspective we choose and ultimately the courage and decision making that we're willing to step into. One of the ways that we try to get out of making the choices that are in front of us is to um, to get somebody else to make it for us, um, to get somebody else to tell us what to do, um, because then we're not ultimately responsible for the choice that we made. Somebody else is. Um, I, all of the time, have college students who come into my office and 
Uh, I'm actually known for this. I have students who come into my office and they sit down and they say, okay, so I know you're not going to tell me what to do. Um, And there's a reason for that. And the reason that I'm not going to tell them what to do is I'm not the one who is best equipped to make decisions for their lives. And so um, they are. And they need to know that they have the ability and they have the power to make decisions. Uh, And they have the ability to make wise decisions if they're able to actively sit down and objectively look at the options in front of them um, and discern what they think is best for them based upon their vision, upon who they are and where they want to go. Um, And so um, the best thing that you can do if somebody comes up to you and wants you to make a choice for them is say no. Um, Is Unless, of course, you're the key decision maker, which we talked about a few episodes ago, who actually has the power to decide. Um, But if But you are the key decision maker in your own life. And so you are best equipped to be able to make a decision that is going to um, set you up uh, for the path that you want to be on. Um, And so tell them no, um, but also be a sounding board. Um, Be somebody that is willing to sit there and advise um, and help them think through what could be the best choice for them. But at the end of the day, ultimately, it is theirs to own. It is theirs to take ownership of and actually move forward with making. Yeah. And to add to what Kylie was just talking about, I think one of the reasons we seek others out to make decisions for us is also part of that certainty thing. We think that um, somebody else must be more certain than I am. Mm -hmm. And especially if we're like a mentoring pastoral type of roles, we think like these are people who like kind of have it figured out. If they can just tell me what to do, they can provide for me the certainty that I feel is lacking in myself. Mm -hmm. But as someone whose entire job is mentoring other people, let me assure you that I have no idea what the right answer is for other people. Just like I don't really know what the best answer is for me. And so as a as a mentor, as someone who's just even in social relationships with people, sometimes the worst thing we can do is provide that false sense of certainty and swoop in and try to make decisions for other people uh, and provide them that sense of certainty and that we don't really have and, and it does no does doesn't do anybody any good to pretend that we that we have it. The last thing we'll talk about in terms of some of the lies that we believe and how they contribute to us avoiding choices is the lie that the easiest way is the best way. And so I was just talking to a friend who talked about how sometimes he would do something, make a choice that he he knew was just like not the right choice, but it just was easiest. It was going to get the less conflict from the people around him. It just was going to be the smoothest and easiest. And so there's a part of his brain that just kind of tricks him into thinking like, well, if that's the easiest thing, just do that. It must be the best thing if it's going to cause the people around you uh, the least amount of pain and if it's going to cause you the least amount of exposure. And so another way that we would say that is an unwillingness to share truth, first of all, with yourself, but certainly with other people. Truth sometimes leads to conflict, and that's not a bad thing. Conflict is a beneficial entity if we endeavor to resolve it well and with truth. Uh, And so avoiding 
making a decision because it might expose an uncomfortable truth is not only not the best way to do it, but it's going to birth consequences that are going to be really difficult. You you guys have probably seen, there's all kinds of like children's books and uh, and little cartoons and movies and, and even adult versions of this where somebody tells just like a little lie and in order to continue it, they have to keep telling other lies. They have to keep filling it in. They have to keep supporting it until, you know, this thing that started out as just like a little white lie to just make things a little bit easier on everyone has turned into this giant monster that is like um, overwhelming the characters in the story. And that can happen to us. We think like, oh, this is just going to inconvenience the people around me or I don't like what this is going to reveal about my heart. So I'm just not going to make that decision. And what that does is create more difficult decisions that we have to make. If I lie to Kylie about something today, I'm going to have to continue to lie about it to her or I'm going to have to come clean and say I've been lying to you about this for a day, a week, a month, a year, our entire marriage. It balloons and gets harder and harder to tell the truth and more and more easier um, to continue to communicate lies. And when we do that within our own spirit, within our own soul, within our own mind and heart, it becomes a poison so that we aren't measuring things by our true desire, by our true vision, but instead we're measuring things by what keeps this illusion alive. And illusion's a good word because what we're talking about now is a separation from reality. And our avoidance of decision-making often leads to this. We create this imaginary world and we make all of our decisions based on the maintenance of that imaginary world rather than dealing with the truth and the consequences of the real world where things are difficult but beautiful and the people around us are there to help us help hold us accountable but also uh, to build us up and so the easiest way is not always the best way sometimes the hardest way is the best way yeah um and in order to make hard choices we need to be courageous. Um, courage does not happen um, when there is a lack of fear, but in the face of fear. Um, and there are so many things in this world that we are scared of. We talked about before a fear of failure, um, a fear of negative consequences, a fear of rejection. All of those things require courage in order to overcome them, uh, to make the best and wisest choices for us in our life. Um, Courage is hard work. Um, it is really scary to stand up in the face of something that is terrifying to us and say, you know what, I'm going to do this anyways. I'm going to risk something um, because I believe that this is the best choice for me, um, that this is the best choice for us um, and the best choice for stewarding the character that I am um, responsible for ultimately in this life. That's really well said, Kylie. And we we talk about this a lot. Kylie mentions this with the women that she mentors. But if you're praying for courage, you have to understand that you're also praying for fear. You can't have the one without the other. They are mutually inclusive. <laughs> you have to be a little bit afraid in order to have courage. 
And I think we have this false idea that courage means certainty. We've we've used courage as a more clever way of saying, I just want to feel 100% confident. That's not what courage is. Courage is doing your best when you're not sure. Courage is doing your best when you can't control the outcomes, when you are exposing who you are to the people around you and, and you don't know how that's going to work out. And so, again, we can't say this enough, but in order for us to make good decisions, we have to really do the work of understanding what our values actually are. Because if we don't know what our values actually are, then we don't have a tethering pole by which to measure our choices, by which to align our decision-making process. And what we'll do in the absence of our values is we'll adopt the values that other people have or that other people tell us we should have or that we see on TV and infer from the narratives that we create from what we see on TV or, or what we see in the lives of the people around us. And that, I think more than anything, is what leads us to avoiding decisions and to making poor decisions. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.